The search for the next Charlotte Hornets backup point guard continues and a new challenger has entered the arena. Plus, I take a look at another lineup option for the Hornets this time. It's all about putting the ball in the darn hoop. It's the Bucket Brigade. That's today on Locked On Hornets. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. Happy Monday here on Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm not Walker Mail. I'm Doug Branson. I'm hosting the show today. Walker is on WFNZ. He's going to be on WFNZ today, Monday through Wednesday morning. So check him out there. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and daily wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Uh, you can catch more of my work on my Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, where we're doing the Every Hornets Box Score podcast, looking back at historical Charlotte Hornets box scores, but also I'll be doing my game notes there this season on uh, every new box score that's produced. And uh, I know we're all looking forward to that. So on today's show, we are going to get into the search for the next backup point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. We've got a new rumor as to a another name that has entered into that search. I'll get to that in just a moment. And we're going to be taking a look at the lineups, continuing to look at the lineups. We've done starters. We've done reserves. We've done the closing lineup. I'm going to take a look at our next lineup, which is the Bucket Brigade. That's the, that's the cats that you're looking for when you need to score and you need to score quickly. Maybe you're in a hole. Maybe you need some buckets immediately. That's what we'll be looking at later in the show. But first, I want to get to Mark Stein in his latest newsletter mentioning the Hornets. I'll just read it here. The Hornets are said to have added Alfred Payton to the list of guards they are considering, along with the prospect of re-signing Isaiah Thomas or club legend Kemba Walker, who remains on Detroit's roster with his anticipated buyout still on hold. So Alfred Payton, that's a name. Uh, That's a name we haven't heard before uh, for the backup point guard position. And he would be in his ninth year in the league. And let me tell you a little bit about Alfred Payton before we get into the, you know, why why the Hornets could be looking at him and what, you know, how that option would compare to maybe Kimba Walker or Isaiah Thomas. So he spent last season with the Suns, 11 minutes per game. First year that he spent pretty much exclusively off the bench. Prior to that, Alfred Payton was looked at as a starting point guard option in the league, albeit, you know, sort of in that lower tier of starting point guard options. 38% shooting on the season was on a $2.2 million deal. Uh, I do have the review here, the season review from Brightside of the Sun, uh, the SB Nation blog on the Phoenix Suns. And uh, they start by saying there isn't much to say about the return of Alfred Payton to the Suns. He joined the Suns to fill the backup to the backup point guard position. And uh, essentially, it's not good news here for his last season review. Uh, they, They list his biggest strength as a quality distributor, and the majority of it effectively comes from the interior to the perimeter. So he's driving, kicking. He does draw defenses with his drive. Um, and his size and defensive physicality was a welcome upgrade. But the biggest weakness, obviously, in Alfred Payton's game is on the offensive end. He just can't shoot. Uh, his entire career, except for one uh, anomaly year that he shot 38% from three, he has been pretty awful from beyond the arc. And last season, while he could get to the rim, uh, he wasn't a player that could finish at the rim. 
So when he was getting to the rim, it was essentially to create chaos and drive and kick because his finishing ability just wasn't there. And then free throw percentage uh, is was pretty in the tank as well and, and has been generally over his career. He was He's a Mason Plumley level free throw shooter, but you're getting that from the guard position somewhere where you would, you know, generally expect good free throw percentages. So offensively, Alfred Payton um, has not played well and it has resulted in fewer and fewer minutes as his career, uh, you know, gets almost into its 10th season. So he would bring a veteran presence. Um, it, but not a, and on a team in Phoenix that had NBA finals aspirations, at least, uh, last season. And he's played with a lot of good players and he started on teams. So he would bring all of that experience, but offensively, it would just be a disaster behind LaMelo ball. If you're, if you're thinking about him exclusively at that backup point guard position, I don't think it's a player that you would give even 20 minutes per game. I mean, I would expect it probably to stay around that 11, 12 minutes per game mark and then and then distribute some of those minutes to Terry Rozier at the backup point guard position to, you know, counteract the the offensive ability. So what are the Hornets thinking here by even entertaining this idea of bringing Alfred Payton in as the backup point guard? Well, it could be a couple of things. They could be thinking that they are going to give Terry Rozier backup point guard minutes and LaMelo Ball is going to get more minutes this season. And so the backup point guard position isn't necessarily a priority in this organization right now because your superstar is at the point guard position. If you lose LaMelo Ball to the season for for you know an injury, then your season's pretty much done anyway. So what there, there's not really a necessarily a need to go out and find a backup point guard that's any more than a game manager. Again, this is not really my opinion. I'm just trying to trying to get an idea of what why the organization would be looking at Alfred Payton. Another reason is just simply cost. I mean, two point two million dollars. That's that's bottom of the barrel for a backup point guard. So, and he had a bad season last year. So you would expect it to either stay around that level, um, you know, maybe possibly less, maybe possibly a little bit more, you know, just because inflation. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be around that number though. And uh, the Hornets don't seem to really want to invest a ton of money into this season. And it's uh, it's a little difficult to blame them at this point because Vegas uh, doesn't love their odds to win 40 or more games. They have them currently at 36 and a half. You got to think they're baking in to that some idea that Miles Bridges is either not going to play at all this season or not play a majority of the season for the Charlotte Hornets or maybe at all in the NBA. And so they're baking that into the pie somewhat. So if you're thinking about all of that and you think, well, we, we've just got to take some of the pressure off of Terry Rozier, but we don't want to do it in a way that's going to cost us a lot of money. So that rules out probably some better options out there that would actually contribute to, you know, winning. You could give a little bit more minutes to a guy like Eric Bledsoe, which is somebody that I've campaigned for. But I want, look, I, I, I come at this from a fan perspective and a basketball perspective of just wanting to put the best team on the floor. I don't know that that's always necessarily the calculus that goes into making some of these decisions. If the Hornets truly view this as a 
what the what at the hive I think uh, the the SB Nation blog and the Charlotte Hornets was uh, categorizing as a gap year essentially a year that they say all right you know maybe maybe the first half they they let Steve Clifford uh, LARP as a head coach of a team that actually wants to win something and then they shift more into the, uh, into a developmental kind of thing where they're playing more minutes for Book Knight and Kai Jones because this team legitimately really doesn't have a shot at making the playoffs. And so if that's how they view this next season going in all likelihood, then then yeah, I mean there's some there's some idea that maybe it makes more sense for the backup point guard position to go to an Alfred Payton or even a Kimball Walker and Isaiah Thomas. And that's what I want to talk about in the next segment. How does Alfred Payton line up with some of these other options that we've heard the Hornets discuss or, or be discussed in terms of the Hornets' interest in filling that backup point guard position? That's coming up on Locked On Hornets. But first, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You say you end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Remember, if you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Coming up, we talk about Alfred Payton versus Kemba Walker versus Isaiah Thomas. Thanks again for making Locked on Hornets your first listen every single day, or maybe it's your first watch. We've had a lot of excitement, a lot of comments on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening right now and you you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, you don't have to watch us there every day. That's fine. If you don't go to YouTube a lot, that's okay. But if you could, just go over there to youtube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets podcast and just hit the subscribe button, and then you don't have to do anything else. You can go back to listening to us every day. We always appreciate every listen and watch uh, but that would help us out a lot. So we've been talking about Alfred Payton here. He's mentioned by uh, Mark Stein as an option at the backup point guard position. Just again, the breakdown on Alfred Payton, very good perimeter defender. If you look at his perimeter defense numbers via B-ball index, he's getting you know B pluses to A minuses in generally every category when it comes to perimeter defense. So that's another idea that the team could be thinking about in terms of Alfred Payton. Okay, this team has enough offense, right? We're going to talk about the bucket brigade, and it's going to be tough to decide who to put on the bucket brigade because so many players on this team currently can go out there and easily get buckets. Last season, offense was not a problem. Defense was a problem. We talk a lot about the issues that they have at the center position in terms of rim protection and rim deterrence. They, they just struggle to keep players out of the rim uh, or, or away from the rim, I should say, and, and they don't block a lot of shots. Okay, that's, that is a problem. But they also have a problem up front. They can't keep guys in front of them. So there's this dual problem that made them pretty awful on defense. Alfred Payton would solve part of that issue but but the problem is of course I, I don't think you can play him a ton because he does present so many problems offensively if if Alfred Payton had a mind to come in and shoot a lot of shots and I think you know if you could talk to Alfred Payton and get some idea that like hey you're going to serve a very specific role here and, and maybe we can get you in with Bruce Kreitzer who they've added Steve Clifford added back to the staff shooting specialist coach who worked with worked with MKG, worked with several players on their shot. You know, maybe there's something that could happen as the season goes on to, again, do a reclamation project. It's not really at all the same as the Jeremy Lin experience because Jeremy Lin had proven that he could be an amazing takeover 
elite kind of offensive player and and just needed a little help reclaiming that, if you will. Uh, Alfred Payton has never shown that flash, so it would be a total rebuild project, but it is similar in the way that the Hornets traditionally have looked to fill some of these reserve positions with players in buy-low scenarios. And they've had, I would say, you know, up and down success with that, right? For every Jeremy Lin, there's a Roy Hibbert kind of situation where it doesn't uh, entirely work out. Uh, so that, that again, could be some of the thinking here. We have enough offense. Let's look at, at the defensive side, because if you look at some of their other options that they've been thinking about, Kimball Walker and Isaiah Thomas, neither of those players really give you anything uh, close to like average to above average perimeter defense. Isaiah Thomas is tries hard on the defensive end, but has size limitations. Same with Kimball Walker. Uh, Steve Clifford now and then head coach of the Charlotte Hornets all always would point out that Kimball Walker in terms of his pick and roll navigation, in terms of understanding how to play defense, was always probably underrated as, as a defender. But you, it's really tough to underrate someone on the defensive end that has size limitations. It's always going to be an issue, um, you, you know, when you're trying to stop someone who is physically larger than you on on the defensive end. There's always going to be a limit that you hit in your defensive ability, no matter how hard uh, you try. You've you've got to figure out. You've got to complement that. Um, so. I, I think if they're going to improve defensively on the perimeter, it's not even if you bring in Eric Bledsoe as a as a defensive point guard specialist. Even if you do that, I think they're not going to get any better defensively overall in the perimeter unless that improvement comes from Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier. So we're talking about internal improvement that hopefully Steve Clifford can inspire and hold accountable. But if that doesn't happen, it doesn't matter if it's Alfred Payton, Kimball Walker, Isaiah Thomas, or the best defensive backup point guard that the free agency market has to offer, it's not necessarily going to get better. But Alfred Payton would be a name that would be, uh, it's sort of an, and I don't mean this in, in a derogatory way, but I mean it in a contrasting way to Kimball Walker it would be a nothing name. It would be a name of, of somebody that's going to come in, play 11 minutes, you know, 12, 13 minutes per game. And and just manage things while Lamelo Ball is not on the floor. And I think in this third season we can expect Lamelo Ball to be more on the floor than he's ever been. So it, it would just not create any waves. I mean, I think that's the biggest argument against bringing in a Kimball Walker is why would you, when you are watching the ascent of a superstar like Lamelo Ball, why would you bring in Kimball Walker as as almost a distraction because you know that the the media market here loved Kimball Walker would be all over that story. It's not as if Kimball Walker would be any kind of threat to take over. There would be no point guard battle. Kimball Walker is past his prime. There's, there's no idea that it would be a distraction in that way. Uh, but also you're taking a risk and this goes for Alfred Payton too. You're taking a risk that Alfred Payton or Kimball Walker wouldn't necessarily jive with LaMelo ball, both on the floor and off. Um, you know, you're losing, you, you could lose that ability to play both players at the same time. Uh, that's something that they did manage to pull off with LaMelo ball and Isaiah Thomas, uh, last season and LaMelo ball, uh, not even reportedly. I mean, he has on Twitter explicitly stated, uh, that he enjoyed 
uh, having Isaiah Thomas on the team as that veteran presence. Uh, you know, it's always a risk. You bring in a veteran like Isaiah Thomas and you don't know whether A, they're even willing to mentor someone like LaMelo Ball, or if if they're not, they could even, in the worst case scenario, be a detriment to that player's development. Um, so, you know, I think we've proven that IT has that ability. And if you're looking at the season and thinking, okay, 36 and a half wins, this team probably is like a fringe threat to me. Even if they exceed expectations, they're probably just a fringe threat to make the play in game. And maybe they make a run through the play in like that's total ceiling is make a run through the play in. And then you grab an eight seed and you get bounced from, from the first round in like four or five games. Okay. If that's the ceiling and you're thinking that to me, the lowest risk best option would be it because you it's a known you don't have to deal with any unknowns. You're going to take this as a gap year anyway, as as At The Hive called it. So why not just go with the low-risk option, go all out on offense, and then when you have gathered yourself and are prepared to actually make some moves in the free agency slash trade market, either this season or next offseason, then that's when you can legitimately address the backup point guard position or guard depth in general, because it's not just about backup point guard. I, I read earlier from Bright Side of the Sun that J, James Jones was bringing uh, Alfred Payton in to be the backup to the backup. Well, uh, the Hornets, I mean, you, James Booknight is there. Um, so, you know, that's that's also an option that we haven't discussed as much, partly because he's been injured. We haven't seen James Booknight a lot. And partly because we just don't know how big of a priority James Booknight is to this coaching staff. I think we'll learn more about that at the end of September when we get into media day. We'll get a status update on James Booknight's injury. And I think it will be interesting to hear from Steve Clifford and the organization as a whole how they view both James Booknight and Kai Jones' development this season. How big of a priority is that? That's going to be the biggest story, by the way, and and Alfred Payton sort of factors into all of this, his backup point guard position factors into all of this. The biggest story this season will be uh, figuring out what the situation is with Miles Bridges and what how the, the organization views this season, regardless of, of what happens with that. And a lot of people have been asking me, like, why? what's the deal? Like, we've heard Kimba Walker, we've heard Isaiah Thomas, now we throw Alfred Payton in the mix. What's the holdup? Like, let's get a backup point guard. You got to have a backup point guard, right? Uh, and and they've been talking about a lot of names, so the organization obviously feels like they need a backup point guard, so what are they waiting on? And I think the the answer is they're waiting on two things. Number one, uh, the situation, uh, the the legal situation around Miles Bridges to offer, I guess, the team and, and the NBA some more clarity. That's not going to happen until at least September 7th. That's the next court date that's scheduled. But this could well drag into the regular season, um, and, and and I don't, you know, the because of the silent, the the relative silence from the team, they they just been waiting for more information. But we don't know what that means. We don't know what the the bar is for them to have clarity on this situation. So so is that holding up the situation in backup point guard, figuring out how they're going to distribute the 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 money. Uh, that they have left to to make these kind of offseason moves. The other thing is Kimball Walker's situation. Right now, he's still a member of the Detroit Pistons. They have not uh, waived him. He's not a free agent. He is a member of the Detroit Pistons. You can't. The Hornets cannot sign Kimball. I don't even know if the Hornets can. 
guess the Hornets could talk. No, though I don't know if the Hornets could talk to Kemba Walker because he's he's like he's signed a contract. So, uh, or or he was uh, a trade. He's under contract, I should say. So uh, that situation is, is not very clear. So maybe they're waiting on that. Uh, this could be you know just hearing these hearing more names come out. If you hear any more names uh, around the Hornets, maybe that could be an indication that they are moving on from the idea of bringing back Kemba Walker and are more focused on finding another name because the Detroit Pistons um, have yet to make uh, a decision on Kimball Walker. So we'll have to wait and see how all of that uh, shakes out. We will keep covering it here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Coming up in the next segment, though, I want to completely shift gears and talk about the players that are actually on the roster. We've been looking at different lineup scenarios for the Charlotte Hornets next season, at least with the roster as we currently understand it. Next up, it's all about putting the ball in the darn hoop. We're talking about the Bucket Brigade. Who are the players that Steve Clifford should look to if they need offense and they need it in a hurry? Stick around. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Really appreciate uh, you tuning in to today's episode. Uh, So before we get to the Bucket Brigade, I have to mention this. Before I hopped on to do this show, I was watching very closely NASA's Twitter account because I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a big space nerd. Love reading all about the Mercury missions and the Apollo missions and the space shuttle and following the actual program. But I'm also into any kind of fiction that involves uh, space in any kind of way. So from the Earth to the Moon, that was a kind of a docu drama that was on HBO. Uh, more recently, this Apple TV Plus show for all mankind. It's kind of alt history. What if the Russians got to the moon first? Huge fan of all of that. I love it. I talk to David Walker, who comes on this show a lot. We talk about for all mankind all the time. So it's a high recommend uh, for me. But I was so keyed in on this launch today that would have been the Artemis rocket, uh, unmanned mission around the moon. Uh, this rocket eventually would would take humans back to the moon. And I'm really keyed in on it because it's it's all about hope, right? Hope for the species in general, hope for all mankind, uh, but hope for a space program, a United States space program that has not had high aspirations, you know, like the moon for a very long time. It's been all about the ISS and uh, orbiting Earth and low Earth orbit and all of that stuff. But the real exciting stuff is out beyond low Earth orbit. It's it's the stuff that's really hard. Um, and it's exciting to see the United States once again pressing on into that hard stuff. It's disappointing that the, the launch actually got scrubbed because of an issue with one of the engines. Hopefully they'll launch it later this week. Um, but it's exciting just the fact that they are trying. And so here we go. I'm going to segue this. I'm going to I'm going to orbit back over to the Charlotte Hornets and say that's what I'm missing from the Charlotte Hornets right now. I'm missing that that level of of hope that they are doing the hard thing that they are that they are pushing into that that playoff idea and taking the risk. Anytime you do something very difficult, it's going to be risky. And um I hope that if it's not this season that it's soon because you have an absolute rocket in LaMelo ball. You've got a big rocket in LaMelo ball who can take you wherever you want to go. Um, But you have to put a team, look, a rocket can't launch itself necessarily. You've got to put the pieces around him to make it all go. I hope the Charlotte Hornets find a way to do that. And it's all going to start with some of these lineup decisions that they have to make this season. 
And I want to take a look at the lineup document that we've put together. So just to recap, starters, I think these are obvious. Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Mason Plumley. Unless there are big shakeups, doesn't that doesn't look likely. But if there are big shakeups, then maybe this changes. But I think this is pretty locked in um, in terms of the starters. And then your reserves, uh, Cody Martin, I got him 24 minutes. Kelly Oubre, 24 minutes. Essentially a split six-man role that we saw last season. I think that's going to stay the same. Jalen McDaniels sitting at 15 minutes, Mark Williams at 15 minutes. And then finally I have JT Thor at 12 minutes. Now, if they bring in a backup point guard, I could probably shift this around and say, all right, maybe take a few minutes away from Terry Rozier. Maybe, maybe take a few minutes away from JT Thor and make a backup point guard position, or maybe take all the minutes away from JT Thor and give it to the backup point guard and then it would be a battle between JT Thor and Jalen McDaniels for those final 15 minutes. You would have more, you know, more, more of a battle in, in training camp. And that's probably honestly what's going to end up happening, happen because I think they, they are going to bring another player onto this roster, uh, be it, be it a guard or possibly even some, uh, some extra forward depth if they don't expect miles bridges to play at all this season, which I don't think anyone is. Okay. So the last lineup that we did, always be closing. This is your closing lineup. Coffee's for closers. This is LaMelo Ball. It's Terry Rozier. It's Cody Martin. It's Gordon Hayward. And it's P.J. Washington. Small ball five. This is the lineup you go to when you got to close it down, get the win, get out of there. It's going to that lineup. Now we move on to the bucket brigade. So, I mean, I think it, you know, look, if you're trying to get buckets, it's all got to start with LaMelo Ball. He can facilitate. He can score. Um, he can do exciting, dynamic things. LaMelo Ball's got it's it's got a start and end alpha and omega with LaMelo Ball at the point guard position for your bucket brigade. The bucket brigade, by the way, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show already. This is the this is the group, the group, the group, the group that you want to go to when you need offense and you need a lot of it. And and maybe you're down 10. You got to get out of a hole. All right, folks, we're changing lines here and we are uh, putting in players who are all about offense so I think I'm going to stick, you know, st- going to the starters right away here. LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. I mean, I think that's your best two guards, two guard lineup if you if you want a lot of buckets in a hurry. Now, this is where I'm going to shift things away from Gordon Hayward at the wing. And I'm going to take Kelly Oubre in my first wing position um, because at least in the first half of last season, he looked like uh, a shoe in or, or at least a shoe in to compete with uh, Tyler Hero for that sixth man of the year. And I think Tyler Hero is a cheater sixth man of the year because he's he's essentially a starter. Kelly Oubre was not, he did start a little bit. He wants to be a starter, but he was not a starter. I don't think he's going to be a starter this season. Could that cause some conflict? I don't know. We'll see. But I don't think he's going to be a starter unless there is some kind of injury. Uh, but he could play significant minutes if the Hornets need offense in a lot of these games. And so then I I am going to add Gordon Hayward to this bunch at the next, uh, at the big position. So he's going to be a small four. And then, you know, my final, I think it's obvious here. If I'm going bucket brigade, I'm going PJ Washington. He can knock down threes. Um, He showed a little bit more of an ability to handle the basketball last season than he did uh, previously. I think the one question mark player on here that that you could possibly maybe switch is James Booknight. Um, Booknight is is a buck getter. I mean, that's that's who he was at UConn, um, and we've seen flashes of that ability. 
But obviously, I'm not going to add him right now because we just don't have the evidence that he could that he can pile it up on a consistent basis. You know, Kelly Oubre, it wasn't consistent first half to second half. He definitely fell off significantly as the year went on. Um, you know, but for a 10, 15 game stretch, you know that Kelly Oubre is good um, for, uh, you know, good for buckets. But but Book Knight, we just don't have that level of evidence yet. So we'll wait to see on Book Knight. Uh, but this is my bucket brigade for now. LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, and P.J. Washington. And I'm not, I'm not factoring in defense at all here. I'm not factoring in rebounding. I mean, this team is going to get out. <laughs> this team right here is going to get out rebounded. You need a Mason Plumlee on the floor. You need a Mark Williams on the floor. If you, if you want to prevent the other team from getting second chance points, this is not a lineup that you're looking to play, you know, for a significant portion of a quarter. This is a team, uh, this is a team you're throwing out there when, when you need to stop the bleeding and need to get a little bit more offensive punch on the floor. I don't know how often we see this lineup on the floor next season, but you know, I, I mean, uh, yeah, that's good for a bucket. That lineup's good for a bucket. Tell me what you think on Twitter at locked on Hornets, or you can tweet me directly at Doug Branson, LOH, or you can go to YouTube and comment on the video. Uh, so that's going to do it for me here on the locked on Hornets podcast. Uh, I appreciate again, everyone uh, checking out this solo edition. Walker will be back with me for the rest of the week. Uh, thanks again for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily update in just 30 minutes. I'll be back tomorrow as well. Until then, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.